Good morning, Mount Zion. And good morning to our uh, online uh, individuals that are watching the service today. Anyway, my name is Bob. Anyway, we're happy that you're with us today, both uh, online and in person. Um, what we're going to do is uh, first let's open up in prayer. And Lord, we just uh, pray for today. Lord, we pray for today's service. Lord Jesus, we pray for uh, Brother John, as he's going to be delivering the message, we pray that the words flow through him abundantly, Lord God, and that your anointing shines all over him. We pray that everybody that uh, is in attendance today and at home watching this, Lord God, that you speak to them and uh, your joyful and peaceful spirit goes inside of them and whatever they're dealing with, Lord God, you give them wisdom, but also strength, Lord God. We believe your Holy Spirit can solve anything. You can go inside. You can strengthen anybody, and we pray this happens during the service today. In Jesus' name. And we pray this prayer. And anyway, we're going to start it with some worship. Good morning. Since you're all just right here, I'm just going to make myself at home. Is that okay? Um, we're just going to, if you want to say stand you can if you want pardon me oh so they can see me with the okay sorry about that stand sit whatever you're comfortable with main thing is just to enter into worship we're going to start this morning with our first song with the good good father he is a good father he loves us so much in all our times of trials and tribulations, he's always right there. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say a word you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. 
You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, with love so undeniable, I I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love love you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Is who I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sarah. Anyway, I want to do some announcements for Mount Zion Church. Um, anyway, as far as we're starting Bible study back up after the holidays, so that's going to be starting January 10th, Wednesday evening here in the sanctuary, and that's going to be led by uh, Brother Dennis Peters, and the uh, topic's going to be Real Christianity from John's Letters. So please show up for that if you can, again, 6 p.m., Wednesday nights, starting January 10th. Um, 9 a.m. on Sundays, we have Sunday school, which we had this morning, despite the weather. Good job, Jerry. And Jerry Windsor is leading that, and that is a Max Lucado series, and that is called Footsteps of the Savior. How was that today, Jerry? Got it going? Yeah, good, good, yeah, good, right on. And then uh, preaching today will be Brother John Bishop. Thank you for that. And he'll be up in a few minutes here after we do our worship. And then next week will be Brother Dennis Peters as far as uh, our sermons go. Um, Refresh Potluck is January 18th. If you're interested in that, that's at 6 p.m. Then sign up with Brenda Stock, and then she will be heading that. Um, Sandwich Sunday will be uh, February 4th, and the theme will be Valentine's Love. So in other words, whatever food you love, that's what you will bring to the potluck on February 4th for Sandwich Sunday. Doesn't have to be a sandwich. Whatever you love. Food items, please. Okay. Um, worship. So anyways, you've seen we're using I say, but um, 
we're in transition right now, but if you have a heart for worship and that's something that you desire to do, um, there's other options. We have a lot of options on how we can do worship. And if you feel called to do that, um, we'll ask you basically to talk to Jerry Windsor about that. If you feel called to do anything on that as far as any instrument playing or singing yourself. Um, coming up, um, again, we do have a pulpit committee, actually our board, the acting board, which is uh, myself, uh, Lionel Stock, uh, Jerry Windsor, and Virgie Brooks, and also Hugh Diltz. Anyway, we will be the pulpit committee, and right now we are starting to search our search for a new pastor, so we actually are working on that a bit, so just be mindful of that. That's what's going on. Usually as a church, we do an annual business meeting that's in our bylaws by the end of January. Um, anyway, we will actually have that meeting on January 28th, but that'll be a very short meeting for people that are in membership, and basically what we'll be doing with what we're doing as far as selecting a pastor, and also shoring up our membership list, and also getting our budgets together, which we'll know better on. We'll be able to better be able to give you uh, better information down the road. So we will be pushing off our annual business meeting with basically voting for new board members and presenting the budget and going over our ministries. That date will be April 28th. But on January 28th, members of the church need to be here to be able to vote on that to extend the meeting to April 28th. So that's what will be going on January 28th. So sorry if that's confusing, but that's what will be going on. Um, annual tithe statements um, basically have been printed out and that should be available within the next 10 days. We'll be presenting, we'll be handing out some of those to the people here at the church, but the other ones we will be mailing out. And those of us that don't, we don't have a physical address, we will be emailing yours. Um, a lot of stuff is coming up at Mount Zion Church. Like I said, we have a pulpit committee coming on, and basically we will be in the search for a pastor and some other issues. And we have an annual board meeting where we'll be voting some issues on April 28th. So the board has tasked itself with shoring up our membership list. And then there's several members that have been attending this church, several people that are coming to this church that are not members of this church. So we do have membership applications back there. We might be tugging on the back of your uh, jacket or your arm to say, hey, we really like you to be a member. So let's not get confused. Anybody can come to Mount Zion Church. In fact, we want you to come to Mount Zion Church. You don't have to be a member. What membership does is it allows you to vote on matters of the church, okay? But if you want to attend the church, we're always open. We'd love to have you here. But if you want to be a member, we like that also. And we do have membership applications. And again, you can see any of the board members for that. And that's actually at the back of our church. So anyway, but our board will probably be proactive and actually seeking out some individuals to see if they want to be members of the church and sign up for that. Um, and basically, that's all I got. And so right now, we're going to meet for a few minutes, and then we'll go back into worship.
All right, welcome back. And anyway, um, it's time for our tithes and offerings, and I'm going to pray for that right now. Lord uh, Jesus, uh, again, this is your church, your people, Lord, and uh, your kingdom. And Lord, we just pray that, uh, again, all the finances are yours, all the money's yours, all the property's yours, but this is a time where basically we can give back, Lord God, and uh, also just be uh, sacrificial a bit in our finances for you, Lord Jesus, and for the kingdom and for the church, Lord. The church does so many things. And uh, during this period, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit just talks to individuals as to what they want to give. We have giving both online and also basically also the uh, ushers will be coming around and asking for tithes or basically putting their uh, thing out there for that. But Lord, again, just talk to the people, Lord God, talk to our congregation. And uh, again, whatever individuals want to give, give it. It's for you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray this prayer. Amen. So we're just going to continue with our worship this morning. Hugh, this one's for you. This is his favorite. He said, if you want, do my favorite. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord, oh my soul Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger.
promise of God, and it talks about how he's been faithful. Whether you have lived in the, been in the church and been a, in relationship with Christ all your life, or whether he brought you out of, the, of a lifestyle and protected you during that time to bring you into his kingdom at this point in time, God is so faithful. And so as we do this one, let's just remember the goodness of God.
when we're in our trials and tribulations and we can remember that he's been so good. And when we want to slide off the straight and narrow and he's out there running for us, he loves us. so much. He's going out for that one. When the 99 are safe, he still goes after that. He still runs after us. We need to praise the Lord for that and think about it. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, my honor that we have, uh, we thank you, Lord, that uh, you've placed some individuals within our church that can uh, take the pulpit and uh, you speak through them and give a message to uh, us that are here and also uh, people online. And so at this point, I'd like to uh, welcome up Brother uh, John Bishop for him to deliver our message today. And uh, again, Thank you, John, for stepping up for us. We really appreciate that. I sat down there in the uh, congregation, and I realized I didn't have the lapel mic on me. But then I feel a lot better without the lapel mic, I just want you to know. But the situation is that I have to have the phone here so that I could see what time it is. Oh, I see a clock. Well, that's a wonderful thing. This is a new viewpoint for me. I'm a new guy, so, you know, I don't know everything here, and, and it's a good thing that I don't know everything. Uh, but anyway, I just really enjoy the love that I have experienced here at this church as Sarah and I have moved into the area to be with our son and his family. And you know, it's important that we are friendly to those, not only the ones that attend all the time here in our church body, but it's also important to be friendly to people that we don't know because of the simple fact that those people actually could be become part of the family, right? They can become part of the family. And I just want to just say thank you so very much for being a family for us. As we come from western Nebraska and a beautiful church family there in Baird. And, uh, you know, when you move toward family, your blood family, but you leave your church family, uh, and you, there is that, that tearing in your heart, right? It's like a grieving process you go through. And so um, we need to remember our dear pastor, Eric, because he's going through that situation right now. He's moving. He's going to be with his grandchildren. He's going to be close to his family. He's got a church there that is welcoming him, but can you imagine being here for 12 years and investing and loving, and you folks are his family. And so um, we need to remember him in prayer and that the Lord will bless him. So this morning, I'm going to be sharing with you about Ephesians the Ephesian book uh, that Paul wrote. 
uh, the letter to the Ephesians, and chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. In the King James Version, it says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I think we need to think about that. But I, let me just say, one of my most favorite songs is Amazing Grace. Um, the old song, the old hymn. You hear it a lot in the secular realm. There's been many, many times when I have gone to a funeral service or a memorial service, and it's not necessarily a church service. Maybe the person that is being more uh, in memory of that service is a person that wasn't necessarily in the church. But this song and the words of this song communicate to people inside the church and outside the church. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You see, the writer of that song was 47 years old when he wrote that. His name was John Newton, and he wrote it in 1772. Now, if you know your dates, of course, the United States was a colony of Britain at that time. And think back, there were things that were happening in that time that were normal, but maybe not just not right. One of those things was the slave trade. And what the Europeans would do, and Americans also, they would go to the western part of Africa. They would have a, a person there, an agent, and that agent would organize uh, the different native tribes to go and capture and imprison other native tribes and persons. Bring those people in chains to the coast of West Africa. And then those black people would, those natives would be put on ships. They would be chained in the whole bottom of the hole of that ship. Some of them for days and weeks at a time. Now, we don't want to even imagine what that was like physically, but it was terrible. 
John Newton, who wrote the song Amazing Grace, was involved in that trade. He had been the son of a sea captain, and he himself was involved in seafaring and was involved with transporting of slaves in a ship. He realized how horrible that really was. He was not serving God. He was far away from God. He did not want to serve God. But then there was a storm, a God-sent storm, I believe, that came upon his ship, and there were sailors on his ship that did not survive, and during that storm, it was so severe that John Newton said, Lord God, if you save me from this storm, I will serve you. And even in his lost state, God heard his prayer, reached out to him, and he remembered his prayer. And after the storm, when he was on safe ground, he began to serve the Lord. And as he grew in the Lord, he wrote this song. You know, we all come to that point of decision, whether it's in our young lives or is older in our adult lives or whether it is while we are on our deathbed. God has one goal, and that is for you to experience his amazing grace. You see, in the beginning, in Genesis, God had created the whole world. It was perfect. It was beautiful. There wasn't death. There wasn't sickness. I, we can't imagine the fact that weeds didn't grow up in the garden, but they didn't. Every plant and every animal and everything was in balance. And God decided that it wasn't complete. You see, it wasn't complete because he was yet to create the greatest creation that he would ever create. And that was man. You see, it was in Genesis that he said, let us, how do we know that there was a, uh, that Jesus is there, that God the Father was there, the Holy Spirit was there, the Trinity was there, because of this, of this scripture. It gives us a proof because God said, let us create man. 
in our image, in our likeness. And God breathed life into that piece of dust. And God made man. He made humankind. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to have fellowship. And he wanted to paint the picture, each person being a masterpiece of special quality, of special talents, of special thinking. Think about this. Think about all the music that has been written and all the different types of songs. We only have a few different scales of notes, right? There's not an infinite amount of notes. And yet, how many different songs and melodies have been created by the artists that God had created the men and the women that, and some of the songs, you know, you could argue with me, and, and I probably would agree, are not the greatest, right? But each one is different. Think about how that someone went out with a camera and took a picture of each one of these pictures that are on the walls in the sanctuary. They had to have an eye for what would be appealing to other people to look at. Think about the sanctuary and how beautiful it is. The windows that open up so that you can see across and you can see the trees, you can see the outside. Someone had to have that ability and talent to be able to put it all together. God created each person uniquely as his masterpiece. But we all know what happened. We all know that God said, you can eat of anything in the garden that I have made for you. I've made this beautiful, special garden. The Garden of Eden, special garden. All these different things, you can eat of them, you can enjoy them, you can walk with me in the evening and talk to me face to face. Wonderful place. But don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if you do that, at that moment, you should surely die. Unfortunately, there was someone else in that garden, and his name was Satan. And he came in the form of a serpent, it says in Genesis, and he spoke to Eve. And he said to Eve, what's God told you? And she said, well, she said, you know, we can have anything. We can do anything except that we are not to eat of this fruit, of these, these fruits. 
we'll die. God said we would die. And what did Satan say? Oh, you surely won't die. In fact, God just doesn't want you to be like him. Now think about it. God had created them in his image, in his likeness. Isn't it interesting that Satan would come and say, oh, well, there's more. It's kind of like one of those info commercials. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know. But anyway, you know. but wait, there's more. Eve, you shouldn't surely die. In fact, if you eat of the fruit, then you'll be like God. We know that they ate of the fruit, and then what happened? Did they die physically? No, that's not what the Bible says. They didn't die physically right that second. In other words, they didn't stop breathing and die. But they did die spiritually. And folks, we need to know that. There is a certain lie of Satan going through the world in these days. And I would say it's not a, a new lie. It's just clothed differently. And that is, oh, we're all God's children and God is going to take care of us and we're all going to get to heaven. Well... No. That's why we need amazing grace. You see, God, from that very beginning, he said, when he cursed the serpent, he said, and the woman shall come, and she will, and the, her offspring shall bruise your head. You'll bite the heel, but he will bruise your head talking about Jesus and what Jesus would do to Satan and his plan. You say, well, I don't understand all this about God and Satan and what's this all about? Satan, this is what you need to know. This is the cliff notes. God is all love and Satan is is all hate. And all that Satan wants to do is to make sure that God's most prized creation, you and me and our family members and the people the world over, remain in death. He hates God so much even though he knows. He knows that there's a fire, a lake of fire that's been prepared for him and his angels that rebelled. He knows that. But what he wants to do as a stick my finger in your eye, God, is take as many of God's beloved creations with him into that lake. Why is that? 
Why is it that people that God loves so much would end up in hell? The reason is that God is a good God. He's a just God. He cannot turn and say, I don't see the bad things that you're doing. I, 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 I'm going to not pay attention. Because that would not be justice. We all demand justice from time to time in our lives, don't we? If somebody does something wrong, we want someone to stand up for us and, and protect us, or that we will have justice. And God, in his personality, he cannot look at sin and that sin not be punished. And folks, as good as we can ever be, we all have sinned and fallen short of God's perfect life for us. And so, we are without hope. Because the judge of the universe has to judge us fairly, even though he loves us. So what was God's plan? What was this amazing grace? It was this. That God said from the beginning, from Genesis, when he talked about the snake being, his head being crushed, that Jesus, God's only begotten son, would come to this earth that he would walk among men, live a perfect, sinless life, and then allow himself to be that Lamb of God, slain, hung on a cross, so that he paid for our sins. He paid for our sins. I remember a story that Paul Harvey gave. He talked about a man who was in his farmhouse, and they had a large picture window, and it was blizzarding. It was blizzarding so bad that he had been feeding birds, and the birds were coming and hitting the picture window, trying to get into where the warmth was. And if you've ever lived in the Midwest, you know that sometimes those storms are so fierce that anything that doesn't get shelter is going to die of the cold. It's going to die of the environment. The farmer who really appreciated the birds and felt, um, felt uh, grieving for their situation, he said, well, I'll go out and I'll open up my barn and I'll turn on the light. So he turned on the light and he opened up the barn doors, and it was warmer in the barn. And so the flock of birds, he tried to get the flock of birds to go in the barn where it was safe. 
And the most he tried to do it, he tried to do it, and he just flew around. The more he tried to get them in, the more they flew around and went this way, went that way. And you can imagine, in the middle of a snowstorm, they're not flying very far. They're flying a few feet this way, and a few feet that way, and a few feet that way. And, and the wind is blowing, and he's out there in the cold, trying to get them in to get in the barn. And he said to himself, if I could just become a bird and talk to them and communicate to them and lead them into the barn. And at that moment, it dawned on him deep down in his heart that that's exactly what God did with Jesus. Folks, that's amazing grace. He loved you so much. Those that are listening online, those that are here, you need to know that. You need to repeat that to you yourself, even if you've known the Lord for years and years and years as your Savior. Because Satan comes up and he says, do you really think that God loves you? I mean, look at the mess that you're in now. Look at the pain that you're experiencing now. Look at the bills that you're having to deal with now. Look at the world. Are you sure that God hasn't just taken his hands off and he's out there in the cosmos somewhere and he's just letting this thing spin around and it's going to spin off into oblivion? This is what Satan is, likes to say about God. You need to remember that he sent his only begotten son so that none would be perish, but all would have eternal life. And so, you may be out there, if you're listening to this sermon, you might be out there and you might be in one of those Midwestern blizzards in your life, in your heart, in your existence. You know, out there, a lot of times they put a rope because they've got to go out to feed the, the animals. They've got to go out and do things outside the warmth of the house. And, uh, or, or their animals will die. Things will happen. They're bad. And so they'll, they'll take a rope and they'll put a rope uh, on attached to the house or some stationary object near the door. And then they'll, they'll stretch that rope over to the barn or over to the crowd, wherever they're having to go. And, and the wind is blowing and the snow is blowing, and you can't imagine it, but it's like a, a fog of snow, so you can't see in front of your face. And if you get lost very quickly out there in that snow with the degrees of windshield below zero, you will die. They will find you dead. And so they have that rope, and you hold on to that rope, and you follow that rope to the barn. And then when you're done in the barn, you follow that rope back to the house. And you don't ever let go of the rope. If you're listening this morning, and you realize that you need God, that you've messed up your life and you're lost in a blizzard of your own making 
or of the devil's making, you're lost, you're without hope, God has provided a rope for you. He has provided the rope of his word that says, Come to me, all ye that are sick and heavy laden, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and I will minister to you. Jesus is here for you. All you have to do is hold on to the rope. Follow the rope to Jesus. That rope will bring salvation. That salvation is what God planned for every single person on this globe. Who's ever existed on this globe and whoever will exist on this globe, God has provided that way of salvation. But we have to decide. You see, because God has given us free will. We are not a drone. We are not a robot. We are not pre-programmed. God wants us to decide. He has given us the ability to experience amazing grace if we would just open our hearts to his knock on our hearts. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You see, he might be knocking at your door and you need to let him in. And that conversation goes like this. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of the things that I should have done, but I didn't do it. Forgive me of all the things that I know were wrong, and I continue to do. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart and become my king. I have messed up my life. I really am not doing a good job. I want you to direct my life from here on out. And Jesus said he will come in, not only that, but he will fellowship with us like he is our best friend because he is. There's another thing that I just want to mention briefly. And that is amazing grace is not just that first amazing grace. But it's also that grace or that ability to walk triumphantly in God once we've asked Jesus into our heart. You see, amazing grace is not just unmerited favor, but it's also that word means the ability to live in the blessing of God. The ability to become what God wants us to be. The ability to bear those fruits of the Holy Spirit. 
You see, Jesus himself, when he had died on the cross and raised from the grave, and then he met with his disciples, and did he say to them, as he was telling them to go out and, and uh, tell other people the good news of what God had done for everyone, if they would just accept. Jesus said, but wait. He didn't say, but wait. He, he said, but wait. There's more. But this time it wasn't a lie. He said, wait in Jerusalem because I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the grace. I'm going to send you the power from on high. And it will come in the form of the person of the Holy Spirit. And he shall baptize you in fire. And he will give you the ability to be triumphant. See, those 12 disciples of Jesus, we always think, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be a disciple of Jesus? But every single one of them, save one, according to history, were martyred for the walk with Jesus. And I don't want to say they did it gladly, because I don't know that I would gladly be martyred for Jesus. It's like gladly, like, oh, this is a wonderful thing that I'm getting to experience. I think that'd be a little bit psychologically bent. I do. But you know what? God gives grace. He gives grace where we're going to be martyred, but he delivers us out of it. But he also gives grace to those who give and sacrifice for the kingdom, and God brings them into a greater blessing. You see, that doesn't make sense. The, the devil doesn't want us to hear that. He doesn't ever want us to really grasp the fact that this is just a way station in our experience with God. You see, these bodies are someday going to die. I am fully aware of that because being a paramedic, I know people die. It's kind of like taxes. Taxes are going to come. It's just going to happen. That's just the way it is. Folks, and if the Lord tarries, each one of us is going to walk through that, that door of death. The difference is, is that when you have Jesus in your heart and his blood has been shed for you, you walk through that door and it's just a door. And it's like walking from normal existence into the most perfect environment you have ever experienced. The Word of God says we can't even imagine the blessings that God has for us beyond this life.
We can't imagine it. It's so wonderful. But Satan wants us to think about this life and get lost in the muck and the mire of this life. So, as I end this sermon, I want you to think about where you are. You might be at that decision point of asking Jesus into your heart for the first time. You may be one of the 99 that, that was a flock, was part of the flock, and you kind of wandered away, and now the darkness has come, and the nighttime, and, and you can't hear the shepherd's voice anymore because you've gone off into the wilderness. Jesus is searching for you. You might be a member of this church, and you're looking at what this year holds in store for you and for this church and for this ministry and for this area and for the, the county of Armador and all of the different things. Here is the thing. God has that amazing grace for you. He has placed you at this place for this time so that he can work through you to do his will. So you don't need to worry. Don't worry. Even though it looks like there's no, no hope. All right? Satan wants us to look around and go, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but. And he wants us to take a hold of the reins and, and, uh, and uh, steer the cart. That's what Satan wants us to do. Let's all of us wait on the Lord. Let's all of us bathe ourselves in prayer. Let's all of us Get into God's word. Let this be the time that we all pray and seek God from our heart of hearts and say, God, what do you want me to do? Why am I here at Mount Zion for such a time as this? And then let the Holy Spirit work through you so that he can do his will. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, I remember the first time I had grown up in the church, Lord. You know my mom and dad were, were beautiful parents. They brought me to church and it seemed like every service that there was, I was at church. But I remember that first Sunday morning when I, at a very tender age of eight, decided that I needed to make a decision for Jesus. That I didn't have Jesus in my heart, 
And I needed to have Jesus in my heart. Lord, you know exactly when that happened. I know exactly when that happened because I remember when I got up from that altar praying a simple child's prayer. Lord, please forgive me. I know I've sinned. Please come into my heart. Wash me. Cleanse me of my sins. I want to serve you. I remember after that prayer getting up and looking out the window of the church and the grass was greener. And my heart, my little child's heart, it didn't have too much terrible sin, I don't think, Lord, but it was enough. It was enough. And Lord, the weight of that was gone. I felt I was walking on a cloud. I remember that, Lord. Lord, I pray that there's people there that are out and burdened down and lost and without hope. They're they're away from you, maybe because they got rebellious, maybe because they got hurt. I don't know. But Lord, I pray that you would just touch them and that you would draw them back to your presence. Ask them, Lord, one more time through your mercy, through the Holy Spirit, let me into your heart. And Lord, I pray that they will do that. Just a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want the Holy Spirit to help me to live a triumphant life. I want to serve you. Lord, please forgive me. That's all that you require. Lord, I pray that you would bless this church and those of us that have served you for a long time. Lord, we need your grace. We need your direction. We need the Holy Spirit into this new year to do mighty things because you want to do mighty things in this community. And we need to work alongside of you and be involved in what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for this service this morning. Be with Pastor Eric. Bless his family. Keep them safe and provide for them, even as you will provide for our fellowship here. Thank you, Lord, for your love. And thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. Very good message. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening today, and thank you for being here today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, Wednesday night for Bible study. And uh, this is the conclusion of our service, and I will uh, pray also. And Lord, as uh, we leave here today, Lord, and uh, heeding uh, the words that you gave through Brother John, Lord God, uh, may we just grab onto that rope, Lord God, and follow it, Lord God. And Lord, you carry us, Jesus, and uh, just carry us to the finish line, Lord God, with your amazing grace, Lord God. And not only for heaven, Lord God, but just may we be filled while we're here, Lord God, and may we just walk triumphantly behind you, Lord God. Carry us, Lord God. We pray that prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Have a great day, everybody.
desire tabernacle.